0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of drive time. Eurowatch. Money FM eighty nine point three. Good evening, uh, or good afternoon, rather. It is drive time. Ellie Timothy and Chua 10 with you. Let's take a look some politics and headlines out of the European region, Spain in particular. The politics they're facing deadlock because of a snap election that ended with no single party easily able to form a government. Sound familiar?
1: Yep. Well, I mean, we did uh, speculate on this last week anyway. And support mm. for the far right also fell sharply. And the conservative uh, PP party is now the biggest party in parliament. So will
0: there be another round? Well, so take a look at uh, Russian and Chinese delegates gathering in Pyongyang this week to celebrate North Korea's Victory Day. What kind of message is that sending? Uh, and on the line with us is Professor Chadhemiya Nestrovik, who is Professor of Geopolitics, Essex Business School, Asia-Pacific. Professor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm fine. Thank
1: you. Thank you. All right, Professor, let's start off with this Russian delegation visiting the high-level Chinese delegation as well, visiting North Korea for the Korean War anniversary. Uh, What kind of message are we seeing here?
2: I think that the main message is to show the Western world uh, that uh, there might be uh, some coalition of interest, not a military coalition, but a coalition of interest between the three countries. It is the first meeting that they have after the pandemic, mm. and they have the red carpet for everyone. So they want to be some grand uh, opening of the cooperation. So let's see. They will probably talk about uh, military cooperation and especially uh, weapons. But let's see what is the final communique about that.
1: So, Professor, Toboro from the former President Bush, is this the new axis of evil?
2: They will definitely call it the new axis of evil. There are some other candidates that are missing here, but uh, maybe they will join (laughs) them in the future.
0: (laughs) Well, you talked about red carpet. Surely the significance of uh, Russia's defense minister flying to Pyongyang, that's got to be on everyone's attention.
2: Exactly. Because he didn't travel uh, very much, except going to Belarus. Uh, But uh, for the other countries, he didn't show up. And he was also on freeze for some time, even within Russia. So it is also a way how to show that he is back in politics and that he is now traveling also abroad.
1: But how important is this uh, coalition, if ever they form one? Because both Russia and North Korea, of course, are facing UN sanctions, so can they form some sort of an economic uh, alliance as well?
2: Yeah, definitely. It can be an economic alliance. However, North Korea is a rather small country. Mm. Uh, They have something to export. So, In that case, it will be weapons or missiles. Uh, On the Russian side, they have uh, also food. So this is something that is very important since they cannot sell food outside. They will sell food here, including maybe to African countries, but this is another subject.
0: Talking about Russia, St. Petersburg is hosting the second Russia-Africa Summit Economic Forum today. Uh, what does Russia stand to gain from this? Can't help but think about that Black Sea Grain Initiative.
2: So I think that the main objective of this uh, meeting is on one side to show the whole world world, that um, uh, russia is not isolated so this is why they have invited so many friends coming from uh, africa and the second thing they also want uh, to bolster some business with them because it is not only a political delegation but mainly a business delegation coming to russia so they will probably want to sign some agreements with these countries
1: so, uh professor, with the world as it is now, do you think Russia can be successful in trying to, you know, form its own alliances with African countries, uh even with with, with their closer partners like Turkey, for example?
2: So, th- this is a very interesting question because uh the Soviet Union, its own time in the 60s and the 70s, uh, was a very good uh, and very important player in Africa. Mm-hmm. They disappeared from the continent for quite a, some time and now seems to be uh, come back uh, to right. Africa with all the Uh, discourses from the 60s and the 70s against the colonizers, against the exploitators coming from the West. And this kind of discourse is uh, having traction in Mm -hmm. some African countries.
1: And with China already, I think, having their foot into the African continent as well and being a close ally of Russia, do you think they stand a better chance?
2: So I think that it can be complementary. Uh, Because uh, China is going to, let's say, some countries which are east of Africa because of the BRI, Mm -hmm. uh, while uh, Russia... A stronghold was in Central Africa, right. and now they are profiting from the fact that uh, France has been pulled out in order to take positions also sometimes in West Africa.
0: Professor, let's move on to talk about Spain's snap election. After four years of left-wing rule, the Conservative Popular Party wins the tight race, but fails to secure the clear majority. So, I suppose, generally, what happens next then?
2: So, what happens next is coalitions. Uh, because uh, the native side can secure the parliament. There are small parties, nationalistic parties, which traditionally were going with the left. But now, since the left needs them, they will probably put on the table some conditions for that. Uh, We have not seen the conditions so far, but so the left side can say, okay, we are giving them something, or they can say, Pedro Sanchez can say, there is a stillmate. Let's go to elections again. And maybe in the near future, we have some other
1: elections. So this kind of political uncertainty, though, in Spain, how will it affect Spain's uh, rotating presidency of the Council of European Union, which they hold until December? Yes,
2: so theoretically, it should not make any difference to them. But in practice, it is clear that the personality of the leader or Mm -hmm. of the host of the European Union presidency is uh, putting uh, its own mark on the presidency. So we cannot exclude the fact that this uncertainty will also bear some uh, consequences on the European Union, but I don't expect huge consequences because the European machinery is so strong it can function even without a pilot.
0: Mm. Professor, every week we speak to you, it feels like we're going on tour, because now we're going <laughs> to head over to Italy, where the Prime Minister over there, uh, Giorgia Meloni, making a first official visit to the United States uh, since taking office last year. Okay, so going to the U.S., you can't help but think first thing, all right, so you've gone to the U.S., uh, do you think she will go to China
2: So I don't (laughs) think that she will go to China quite soon because, as we know, Italy was the first Eurozone country to sign agreements with the BRI. But now she is uh, peddling back a little bit because, Mm -hmm. in fact, uh, there were no uh, huge uh, benefits from that. The trade between Italy and China did not skyrocket. So maybe they will pedal down, they will scale down this. So don't expect that she is going to China quite soon.
1: So what would she be trying to achieve by going to the United States then? So
2: the first thing that she has to achieve is her international stature, hmm. because maybe we have to remember: one year ago, she was practically personal non grata; nobody wanted to talk to her. Mm-hmm. So hmm. she has been identified as right-wing populist, etc. But now. Uh, everyone wants to speak to her because she has shown during this one year that uh, she is serious in tackling problems. So even Joe Biden, who is uh, fundamentally probably against the policy of her party, uh, will uh, welcome her warmly.
0: All right. More than that, Professor, any thoughts in terms of uh, the economic backlash uh, that could potentially, you know, they could potentially face as a result of all of this? for uh, concerning the
2: european union for this is a, a time of uncertainty that they have mm. concerning uh, especially spain mm. for the other countries they also have uncertainty concerning uh, germany uh, because the ruling coalition doesn't enjoy full support of the, of the voters and we have seen that the right-wing parties are getting traction in okay. Germany. Okay. So probably, uh, well, Italy is the third economy in the Eurozone, but Germany is the number one. So if there is uncertainty in Germany, this would have a very big impact Uh, on all European countries.
0: Because there is quite a divide between first, second and third, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've been speaking with Professor Cedemir Nesraveko, Professor (laughs) of Geopolitics, Essex Business School, Asia-Pacific. Professor, we appreciate your time. Take care and have a great evening ahead. Thank you, thank you. Have a
1: nice weekend. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.